I'm going to preach to me today, okay? This is my message. I'm preaching to me, and I'm just going to ask you guys to be part of it, okay? Um, This is something that God laid on my heart uh, a while back when we left the hospital, and I was driving around, and I just... I, I literally, this, this whole thing, God spoke to me as I'm driving the car and brought to my mind this passage, brought to my mind this thought, and it brought a challenge to me and a comfort to me, and uh, it, God really stirred it. And then I said, God, if I want to share this with our church, and so when I had this opportunity, that's what I'm doing today. I'm going to share this with you guys. Uh, I, I have a question for you, just curious in this crowd. How many of you guys have ever ran a marathon? Raise your hand if you've ever ran a marathon. Okay, there's quite a few hands. Half marathon. Raise your hand. Half marathon. A couple more hands. All right, how about a 5K? How many of you guys are, okay, a lot more 5Ks? That's kind of a really normal thing, you know, for people that are like being part of fundraisers and bring awareness to things and like that. Uh, I've ran a number of 5Ks. Can I tell you guys, I've never uh, trained for a 5K. Are any of you guys like trained for these things? I didn't know that was something you were supposed to do. Uh, and I'm extremely out of shape, okay? I, I, I am not, I'm not a runner, okay? For you weirdos out there that run for fun, that's not normal. <laughs> Nobody runs for fun, okay? You run when somebody's chasing you. You don't run for fun. It, it, it wears on your knees. It hurts your feet. You get out of breath. What's fun about that? If I'm running, okay, it'd be like, I go to Jenna and I sometimes I run this way and I'll say, you want me to run to Dairy Queen? And she'd be like, do do a Dairy Queen run. That's the kind of running I like to do. Okay, and I know a lot of you are with me on that. I I remember doing the 5K and they said, along the way, you're going to come up against signs that will tell you the progress. Because in your mind, if you drive somewhere, 3.2 miles is nothing. That's a half a song on your radio, okay? That's nothing. You run 3.2 miles, it feels like you're running the United States, okay? It is, it is a long way, when, when, especially for us that are out of shape and you just sign up for it because you get the t-shirt, okay? So it's a long way to run. And so I, I remember taking off and my idea was get ahead of the crowd and then I can slow down a, bit, a little bit and just pace through this. So I sprint out in front of the crowd, and everybody thinks, wow, he's really in shape, when reality, reality, I just wanted to die. And so I'm I'm running out in front of everybody, and I'm looking for these signs. Then I'm upset. Somebody didn't do their job. They said that they would put one at, you know, like a quarter of the way through, and halfway through, and two-thirds through, whatever. So I'm waiting for this. Then I thought... For if they just forgot to do the signs, no big deal. So I'm wait, looking for the finish line. And I'm like pushing and pushing. I'm out of breath. I'm looking back and I'm pushing and pushing. Then I got to a sign. You are a half mile in. I'm like, what? There's no way. Some dude put the sign in the wrong place. Because at that point, I'm wore out. I'm huffing and puffing on my, my legs. And I am just like, at that point, I'm, I pass that sign and I'm just like, forget it. You know, I'm like Pastor Dave. Can I tell I'm Pastor Dave for a minute? Oh, he's here today, isn't he? Oh, okay, he left. All right, it's good. So they, they're, they're running up. Christian graduated, so he's there. They, they had, the last 5K that we did, they, they had trucks set out to cheer the people on and pass out water. He jumped in the truck halfway through and asked them to drive him back to the beginning. 
That's called cheating, Pastor Dave. That's not a 5K. Anyway, he's not going to get off on that. But the whole mindset of me after I hit that point was, I don't want to do this anymore. My legs hurt. I'm out of breath. You know how you get that weird pain in your side? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Some doctor can come in and tell me about that at some point. But, you know, you're just thinking, I'm like, I'm dying or something. Like, I need to quit. And your mind plays tricks on you. Like, you're you're not cut out for this. You're going to die. They're going to find you dead on this path. All this. And you just get worn out. I have nothing left to give. And I know this happens in life. For whatever challenge or thing that you're faced with life, you, we, we all do this, you know, like, let's go! You know, like, I'm, I'm just going to cut out, we're just going to do this thing. And then you start seeing the signs along the way, and you're just thinking, I'll never finish. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Somebody has asked me, like, a number of times, like, you know, we're, we're going on two years of this cancer journey with Logan. If somebody came up and said, Pastor Tony, how are you doing I've got one word that I normally say now. Tired. Just tired. It's just like you're waiting for that finish line. You're waiting for that spot and it doesn't come. Just tired. And I think that oftentimes in all of us, we get weary and well-doing. And it doesn't matter how people are cheering you on and all these. Just in your mind, you're just thinking, when, when do we get to the end of this? And I think... This happens with a lot of us in different situations where you're, you're, you're struggling with your marriage and you're thinking, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. Everybody's like, it's going to get better. And you're going and it's not, and you're just like, oh, it's just, are you serious? I'm praying and I'm praying and it's not getting better. You have that child that is just getting away from God or got away from God. And they, they won't talk to you. They won't listen to you. They, they won't come to church. There's no signs of God in their life. So I'm going to pray through and I'm going to get a hold of the throne of God. When you see that breakthrough, months, months, years, and it doesn't happen, and you just get tired. You don't have to raise your hand, but I can tell you right now that there's some of you here that you're running the race, but you are tired. I know it. So yes, I'm preaching to me today. But I know I'm not the only one tired. I want to bring you to a story that is pretty familiar in Scripture. But I don't want to teach it or preach it from the perspective that we normally do. I I want to bring it from the perspective that God laid on my heart when I was tired. I've heard a lot of stories from this passage that are so powerful, but I just want to kind of look at it from another angle. God was leading the children of Israel through the promised land so that this is after you've got Exodus and everything that God did and the ten plagues and that they, they leave this city and all these amazing things happen and uh, the water and the bitterness and the manna and the, the Red Sea and all these really cool things. So you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. That's where we're at right now. Joshua tells the story of a new leader that comes into leadership after Moses passes away. And, and Joshua is new at this. And so he has new challenges. So just so you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Moses came to the Red Sea and Joshua comes to the Jordan River. So no matter who you are, you're going to face challenges. Just, just part of life. Okay. On the other side of the Jordan River, there's Jericho. 
And Jericho was this walled city. It was big, it was strong, it was powerful, and it had a reputation. It was the undefeated city that was part of their community. And um, they're up against this walled city, and it was said to be, and I read all sorts of stats. They tried to give different perspectives. Some said that it was like 17 feet tall. Some said it was 14 feet tall. Some said that it was layers, and it had an outer layer and an inner layer, and then it was like a total of 40 feet tall, and it was on the side of a hill, so it gave the perspective of being higher than what it actually was. It was so big that it had where they could do... um, um, uh, chariots riding on top of the wall. There's people that were built into the wall. We got the story of Rahab. And we know that that's part of the story, the windows on it and stuff like that. But all I know for sure, nobody ever brought it down. It was huge. It was undefeated. It was overwhelming. Now here's the stories. Okay, here's my Jericho wall. You said that's not very big. Use your imagination. Okay, help me out here. <clears throat> this is what I know. And this is what I've heard so many times. Every time I hear that, you come against a wall in your life and God will bring down the impossible. And, uh, you know, it's like, so we've heard all that. I know that. But there's parts of the story that we skip or we kind of just go through really fast. And I don't want to do that today. I want to look at this story from the perspective of them walking around the wall. So Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. You know why? You have this caravan of people that is going through, and everybody that got in their path, God brought the victory, and they knew this is not good. They get to the Jordan River, and they're all kind of watching and hearing. They're like, well, at least you're going to be stopped by that. You know, somebody runs in the city and says, guys, their God held back the water. They just walked right through and they're on their way here. King rises up and says, shut down the city. They're about to come up against something. That we, we, we're not going after them. They're going to come after us, but they will not bring down these walls. None went out. None came in. They did what they were good at. They just stood strong in this giant city that had huge walls. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Now they had not yet had Jericho. God was teaching promises. And the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, and thou shalt do it six days. That's the point of the message today. And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. It shall come to pass that when they shall make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when they shall hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straightway before them. Now this is awesome because it's a whole story about God doing the impossible. So let's be real about God doing the impossible. It could have been simply that they came up against the wall and God brought them up to the wall and God goes, bam, bam, and they just walk in. Why seven days? Why seven days? It's not like day one, it slowly started to shake. It's not like God had them go around with tools where they were slowly putting etches into the weak in the wall. It's not like they were scouting out the wall. Why seven days? 
They're on a walk for nothing. You say, well, so the people of this city would know that there's a great mighty God. True, but then they all die. So <laughs> that's not very good. <laughs> they, they read the rest of the story. They went in and killed them all. So it wasn't that. So why seven days? Walking and walking and walking. So here it is. Walking, nothing happens. No progress, no change, no victory. They go back, the same things repeated time after time after time. Have you ever done something and you're on a path for so long and you just don't see anything change? And after day three, four, five, you're just like, what is, what, what is the point? And, I, and the crazy thing is, as they were walking around the city, God told them not to say anything. He's like, hush your mouths. The Ark of the Covenant would go before them. The, the, the priest would blow the trumpets. They, they were to walk around the wall. But the crazy thing is, through the course of all that, they were just circling the problem. And I, I know that's true with a lot of us. You're just circling the problem. You're not getting anywhere. <clears> or <throat> You feel like you're not getting anywhere. You just, I'm just wasting my time. Do you guys know the story of Naaman in the Bible that, that had the leprosy and, and he was the king or, or one of the leaders of this uh, Syria? He was a warrior for them. And, and the, the, they, they knew the prophet of God and the servant girls said the prophet of God can do this. And the prophet came up to him and said, if you go to the river and you dip seven times, seven times, because God needed all seven dips, right? Because God can't do it in one, Right? Well, you know that's not true. So why seven times? Why did Esther have to wait three days of fasting and praying before she could approach the king? Why did Abraham have to travel three days before getting to that point? Why did they have to go through ten plagues before God brought the tenth one? Why didn't he just start with ten? Yes. It's a theme through the Bible. It's repeated over and over again. That God has us on a journey, on a walk, on a path that you feel like is accomplishing nothing. And every story in the Bible is surrounded about this. I'm going to tell you guys, I almost called Richard and said, I'm changing my message because I struggled with this. Because what I realize is this story overlaps a lot of the stories. And some of the principles I'm going to preach and teach through this, you're going to be like, this sounds really familiar. I think he's preached this before. I have preached this before. Just other stories. But can I tell you what it is true about the Bible? It's the same thing repeated over and over and over again. Because you know what it is? It's life. It's just our lives. Get to a problem. I can't do this. We wait on God and God does something. Get to a problem. We wait on God. I can't do this and God does something. A lot of the Bible is filled with us walking paths that seem to be leading to nowhere. So why are we walking, 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 and circling the problem? So I'm going to challenge you with this. Don't quit when things don't make sense. Don't quit. And I'm going to show you this. On the first day at verse 10, And Joshua commanded the people, saying, you shall, not, you shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall you any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, you shall shout. And the ark which compassed the city, 
the ark of the Lord, which shall compass the city, going about at once. <clears throat> and they came to the camp and lodged there. So day one, here's what's going on, all right? <clears throat> and they get up, it's like, let's do this thing. High fives in the camp, everybody's excited. Woo, let's go. And here they are from a distance. You guys know that this is true. We are so confident about God from a distance. You guys know it's true. Come to church, we sing the songs. Like, Man, we have songs about Jericho. And we, we have songs about victory. We have songs about God working through things. And we pass, we, we, we quote the memes and we got all things. Mountain's going to fall or mountain's going to move and walls are going to fall and all this other stuff. We're, we're so good at that from a distance. God could have dropped the wall from a distance. So they go from the high fives in the camp of them looking at the wall, but man alive. They get closer to it and they're like, whoa, whoa. Holy cow. Look at this. Have you ever had that God can do anything moment? You sing and preach and talk about it, but then you're back in your mind thinking, yeah, but this is different. This is different. Uh Uh-oh. Because it's easy to get excited from a distance. And God could have brought down the wall from a distance. But you know what? God brought them right smack up against the wall. And they're already overwhelmed. And then God says, now circle it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. There's not one break in the wall. There's no weakness. There's no doors. It gets bigger. Man, I'm exhausted just from circling the problem. This is huge. Okay, now go home. Okay. Then go back. Imagine that conversation back in the camp because they couldn't talk. It's like, guys, whoa, how'd it go? It's like, man, alive. You guys are rock stars out there. Man, bringing down the wall. What happened today? Uh, nothing. What, what, what do you mean nothing? Like, do you feel the walls shake a little bit? No. I mean, did you see any cracks in the wall? No. <laughs> I was like, Okay. I mean, like, was there lightning from heaven? I mean, no, there wasn't anything, just being honest. But I'm tired. Tomorrow, buddy, tomorrow, something's going to happen. <laughs> a breakthrough is going to happen. They get up, do it again. Here's the thing. Things don't make sense because we struggle with the facts. We struggle with the facts. I'm just being honest. Walls don't just fall. That's a fact. And and because we live in a physical world with our brains, we deal with facts. You guys know what I'm talking about. For marriages that are so far gone and they're so messed up, We've tried counseling. We've talked to people. I've, man, I've done the love dare. I've, I've done the five love languages. I've talked to the pastor. I've, I've done all this. And you're just like, to, to be honest, Pastor Tony, marriages don't just fix themselves. I've gone after my kids. I've preached. I, I, I've, I've done this and I've done that. And I, I feel like the closer I get to my kids and the more I try to tell them about Jesus, the more that they push me away. 
Kids don't just randomly run back to mom and dad and say, you were always right and I was always wrong and mom and dad, you're the bomb. And I'm sorry for all, no, it just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. And then even then the story, it's just like, have you ever heard of a wall falling before? Never. And really, have you ever, hey guys, have you ever heard of walls just falling? Never. Is that something God's ever done? Uh-uh, no. I'm telling you, walls don't just fall. I know. Just the facts. I think that's part of what God was teaching them. See, seeing it up close, they were able to see the height and the strength and the depth and the, the, the crowd on the other side and the city. And the... We battle with faith because we know that God can do anything. And we say that so much. And even on, on the way through the Jordan River, but man, when you're standing here, you're just like, yeah, but, oh, man. In the back of our minds, we don't say it, but we think it. But this is different. And you know it. I know that happens, but this is different. It's hard. I, I, I think we need to know that these struggles that we have is everyone. The next day, here they go again in, in verse 12, and it happens again. And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and the priests took the ark of the Lord and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets and ram's horns. And before the ark of the Lord went continually, on continually, and they blew with them trumpets and the men went before them and, and the reward came after the ark of the Lord and the priests going on and blowing the trumpets. And then the second day they compassed the city once and they returned to the camp. And they did six times. All six times, nothing. Guys, do you hear me? It's not like, well, it's getting better. Hey, we're chipping away at it. Nothing, 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 nothing. So in our minds, it was almost like in vain. It made no sense. Here's the, here's the next thing. We, we struggle with things that don't make sense because we struggle with our feelings. Can you imagine getting back from it? Because the Bible says every time they surrounded the city, they would get back. They couldn't say a word, but when they got back to the camp... You know, the wives and kids and everybody else like, honey, how did it go today? I'm same thing again. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Can I, honey, I'm just being real with you. I don't feel like God's working this time. Well, what do you mean? I'm telling you. I'm, I, I'm telling you. I don't feel like God, something's different this time. Our feelings are just real. I'm not saying the, the reality of the feelings. I'm saying the, the presence of the feelings. You guys know what I'm saying. I'm praying and I'm praying. And if you're being transparent with me, but you would say, I don't feel that God really answers prayer. I don't feel like God's listening to me. I don't feel, I don't feel, and our, our feelings take emotions because I'm, my, our, my feelings are often based on the facts. And the fact is walls don't just fall. And the feeling is I'm not seeing anything change. And we struggle with this. And guys, it's real because spiritual warfare breaks out in our minds. And Satan whispers a big fat lie. You, can I tell you guys one of the greatest lies, one of the biggest weapons that Satan has? Are you guys ready for this? I'm just telling you, I've struggled with this. So I know that there's others that struggle with this. This is a big fat lie that Satan has. He whispers in her ear, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. Because along the way, I am just doing what God said. So I'm walking around the wall, and then we're thinking, well, that didn't do anything. And then you get back, and then you're thinking, Satan comes up and says, well, I, I walked and I did everything. And Satan goes, it doesn't matter. I'm being faithful. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look at that city. See anything changing? No. Because what you're doing doesn't matter. You fasting doesn't matter. You being faithful to pray for your spouse doesn't matter. You being faithful to walk through the doors of the church doesn't matter. He's good at getting in our minds. We struggle with the facts. We struggle with our feelings. So you don't realize the walk is not about the wall. The walk is about you and me. Let me put it this way. It's the, the weight is about you and me. Because God didn't need them to circle to do his work. God needed to do a work in their hearts. So just remember that when you're walking, it's a matter of God knows your feelings. God knows the doubts. God's confronting those things. God doesn't want us to harbor. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And when there's parts of you that are struggling with that, God's going to deal with it. So God, this is God up in heaven going... Do it again. I see there are. Do it again. Until the point where you get and understand, okay, it's not about the wall. It's about the work that God's doing through the work or the walk. God has a way of confronting our feelings. Here's the truth that God gave them. And let's make application of this because we don't just want to rest there. And the Lord said unto Joshua, verse 2, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho. He he said, I'm going to do something. We have all these promises in the, in the Bible, let, let, let me give you some instructions of how to make this work. Are you guys ready? Because I don't want to just be doom and gloom with this. Here's the instructions how to make this work. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. A lot of you memorize this, but let's make application to this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not part of it, but all thine heart. And lean not on your own understandings. And all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So, and I know that we quote these verses so easy, okay? But, but apply it to this situation. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Because here's what God's saying that you have a choice to make in these situations. What is my understanding? Walls don't just fall. I know that. Because I've been around walls my whole life. That's my understanding. Understanding is the things that we build up in our mind that we know to be true. And that's why God said, when I call you to do something, you better not focus on the wall, you better focus on God. But what he said instead was trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You know what the trusting in the Lord with all thine heart is? There's something that God did in this story that that is so simple that I think we overlook it. He said, before you, this is what I'm going to do. You're not to talk, you're not to do anything. But he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the Ark of the Covenant go before you. And then I'm going to have the priest with the trumpets. I want you to listen to the trumpet. I want you to follow the Ark. You know what he was saying? I want you to follow God and listen to what I am commanding you to do. I want you to follow God. That is what trusting is. Because as long as you are standing here going, there's just no way you can't do this. And so often... We are staring at the wall, running our mouths about why walls don't fall because you're leaning on your own understanding. 
In reality, God says, I want you to get your eyes off the wall and follow me. It's easier said than done. Let me just tell you right now, that's easier said than done because we're facing the facts and we're facing the feelings. Did did, did you notice it says, and lean not on your own understanding? Have you ever thought why it says that way? And lean not on your understanding? The, The word lean in this passage means to stay or rely. That's literally what the Hebrew is. It says lean not on your own. So the thing is, you can't keep leaning or trusting or looking at the wall. You can't lean on what you thought, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Faith is action. Faith is not just crying and moaning over the wall. You can't keep staring at the problem with your mind thinking it just cannot happen. This is God working your heart. So here it is. Trust in the Lord means trust keeps your eyes on the Lord, not the wall. That's what the trust is. I have to listen to the trumpet and follow the Ark of the Covenant rather than look in here because that is what trusting is. Do you realize that if we don't learn to trust, we cannot ever have victory? And I've struggled with that. Because I'm telling you, when I face something this big, it's hard to trust God when I know the facts. But I'm telling you, the leaning on God is obeying, which is keep moving forward and don't quit. Keep moving forward and don't quit. Let let, let me show you something that is powerful in this. In my understanding, I often try to get God to do what I know God to do. Okay, let let me explain what I mean by that. I know God split the Red Sea. So I'm thinking, I'm praying in this way. I know what God can do. I've been there before. Split that wall. And God says, no, I'm not doing that this time. And then the Jordan River, hold back. I'm not doing that this time. Let's get some torches, some clay pots, bust them down, hold up the torch. The sword of the Lord of Gideon. God says, yeah, yeah, I've done that too, but not this time. How often do we try to dictate to God in our minds what he should do to get us through this? You know what's interesting about this? Have you ever thought how God only had one axe head float to the top in one story? Have you ever noticed that there was only one coin that was in the fish's mouth? Have you ever noticed that God only one time split the Red Sea and the other time held back the Jordan River? Have you ever noticed that one time that they got water because they threw the branch in it and the bitter waters became good, and another time he smote the rock and the water came out of the rock? Saying, wait a minute, there's a pattern here. Every time we get to situations, God does something different. Because your story is your story, and try, stop trying to make somebody else's story your story. Stop trying to replicate that because that's what happens in my own mind. I'm like, God, I need you to do this because I read in an article how you did this. God, I need you to work in this way because I've seen you do that before. And God says, maybe I'm doing something different. So stop leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Don't quit when things don't make sense. Don't quit when nothing seems to be happening. See, this is a long week. It's, it's every day the same thing. Every day walking around the wall in verse 15. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early in the dawning of the day and passed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they can pass the city seven times. Seven days, seven times on the seventh day. Can I just emphasize how 
much this is emphasized in Scripture about the seven. Can we go back to verse 4? Notice this. And the seven priests bear the ark, seven trumpets, the ram's horn. And the seven days shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Is that just a coincidence? Did you notice that? God, seven, 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 seven. Everything is working with sevens in this story of doing this. And on the seventh day, seven times on, after the seven trumpets and the seven, seven, seven that God's doing. Do you guys know that in the Bible, seven is the number of completion? God created the world in seven days and then he was finished. And over and over again, Scripture, we have it. You, you realize they weren't seeing, seeing this on that from their perspective, but God was. The thing is that you keep walking around the wall, you keep doing, you think you're not doing anything, and you're not accomplishing anything. The, the, the truth of the matter is God didn't do it on day five because God keeps working. Why am I still praying? Why am I still walking? Why am I still doing this? Because God's not finished yet. He's just not finished with what he's doing. He's not done. So don't quit on lap six. Don't quit on day five. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't quit when things don't make sense. Don't quit because God's simply still working. And I know what you're thinking. I'm telling you, God's not working. I've looked at this from every angle. Joshua 6.16 Notice the first phrasing in this. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. And it came to pass that at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you this city. God brought them to the place of victory, which worked after trusting and obeying. Do you know what had to come to pass? You say, what came to pass? The walls struggling every day or, or shaking every day? No, that's not what came to pass. Obedience came to pass. Trusting came to pass. Walking by faith came to pass. Because God was working in them, not just in the wall. You keep waiting for the the circumstance to change. Have you ever thought a lot of circumstances that we're sitting there going, what's going on? I'm just waiting for God to work. Just waiting on God to work. And God's looking up from heaven saying, I'm waiting for you to walk. I'm waiting for you to walk. It's not about you waiting on God. Oftentimes I believe that it's God waiting on you. Because we know it here. We know it here. We, we struggle with it up here. We know this. See, let, let me show you. In, in, in Hebrews 11.30 gives us a glimpse of the New Testament of what God was doing. Because sometimes we don't see it. So this story is mentioned in the New Testament. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about the city, compassed about seven days. You see, the thing was, God was working in them. You say, God's not doing anything because we're looking at the wall, but the whole time that they're walking, God was working in them. How how do you know that? In that passage right there, it says, by faith, listen, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after. You know what after is? After they were compassed about seven days. See, faith is an action. We can say, I've got faith. I believe. And this is, this is all of us as Christians, okay? This is, this is just how we are. I believe that God can drop this wall. I declare it. I pray it. I seek it. I want it. 
And we have that faith in God that, that we talk about. It's like, let me tell you about my faith. And yet God's waiting for this. God says, will you, enough talk. It's time to walk. Because faith is not just believing in your head. It's following after God. And you say, what does that look like? In our daily lives, what they were to do is shout, praise God for the victory, follow the Ark of the Covenant. Their job was to be quiet and listen and, and meditate upon God. Their, their job was to obey God. So here's what it is for our life. You say, I'm trying to walk. So this is simply this. Faith is reading your Bible even though you didn't see God do anything in your marriage yesterday. Faith is fasting in the morning even though you feel like God's not working. Faith is getting alone in that quiet place and begging before God to do a work, even though you feel like God is not answering prayers. Faith is going to church and worshiping God and obeying God to be here, even though in your heart you said, I just wanted to sleep in because I'm so upset with God. Faith is walking, even though nothing seems to be happening. That's what faith is. God was working in them to teach them. And let me tell you, God does not waste the wait. He said, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. God, God doesn't waste time. How often does the Bible teach us to redeem the time because the days are evil? Take the, make the most of the time. Well, let me tell you, if you're waiting on God to do something, God's not up there going, well, they, they ran in circles for a long time. Again. You know, no, God works in the waiting. God works in the, the, God doesn't waste the walk. God is working. So don't quit in the wait. It's just a matter of God's not finished yet. But also God was working in those that were watching. God was working in others. Now let me show you this because I, I took you to Hebrews 11.30. Look at the next verse. And it says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now remember that in the wall, the way that they got in and out to survey the city was because of Rahab and she was on the wall. She had the house on the wall and then the scarlet robe that went out the window and signified where they were and, and she believed God and I've seen all the things that God's doing. Do you guys realize that there's people watching you that you don't realize are watching you? And God's working in your heart as you walk the wall. God's working in those hearts that are watching the faithfulness because they worship false gods that they've never seen anything real. And they see God's faithful people just following after God. Can you imagine Rahab looking out the window, gathering her kids together, and she says, that's, that's real, kids. That's real. That's the God we're going to serve. And God blessed her faith so much that she's in the genealogies of Christ in the New Testament. You have no idea how God's working behind the scenes in ways that you can't imagine. A couple of weeks ago, I wasn't here. I got an invitation to be part of Trinity's graduation. Me and Pastor Joe Catronio both were invited to go down and they were recognizing graduates and things like that. And at the time, I didn't know that I was going to be the commencement speaker to be asked after all these years to go to my college that I graduated and stand before them and preach the, the challenge to the students and the challenge to the parents and the challenge to all of them in this place that had such an impact on my life. It's one of the greatest honors I've ever been given in all my life. 
but I didn't want to do it. I struggled with it so bad. Because I'm literally in my, my heart, I'm like, God, why would you, why would you put me in the middle of a disaster? I can't, I can't just take, oh, my son has cancer and put her aside, and I'm just gonna run and have a great time. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to go. I'm just in the middle of a struggle. How can I enjoy something that is such a high honor and privilege when I'm in the middle of something where I'm just trying to keep my head above water as I'm drowning and, and in fear? I didn't set that up. It's God's timing. I get there and I walk to this podium in front of this huge crowd of people. See, God, what do I say? Because I'm not in the place of just like, go get him, buddy. God says, just tell him what I'm doing. Tell him the real God. Tell them that I am above the circumstances and I'm greater than the walls. Tell them that I'm faithful. Just tell them. So one more time, in the middle of my confusion, the middle of my frustration, God opens another door for me to stand up and say, let me tell you about my Jesus. That's God. Because that was God telling me in the middle of my journey that I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm working. I'm working. So come back this past week. And I had some Amazon returns, so I go to the UPS store. I walk in there, and I get in this big line, and I go up to the counter, and I'm dropping off my Amazon returns. And the lady next to me is staring at me. And I'm looking over at her, and she looks up at me, and she goes, I know you. And I thought for sure, I was completely convinced that she was going to say, are you the pastor at Fellowship Baptist? That's not what she said. She said, are you Logan's dad? And I said, yes, I am. I said, how did you know that? She said, I just know your picture from being online. She says, I've been following your story since the very beginning. She said, I don't know you. I don't know Logan. I don't know your church or nothing. And she said, I've been completely disconnected from you through this whole thing. So we both make our transactions and we go off to the side and we're talking and, and sharing stories and interaction and she's telling me about the different things that she did. And in the middle of this, we, we, got, a, we got a selfie together. This is me and Deb in the UPS store in Canal Winchester. Then we go outside and we're about to leave each other and she says, can I pray with you? And I said, absolutely. So here we put our arms around each other in front of the UPS store down in Canal Winchester and she's praying over Logan and praying over me and people probably think we're a bunch of weirdos walking around the wall and people are coming in and out and we're just having church in Canal Winchester we get done praying and she said she sends me a text and we exchange numbers and she sends me a text and she said I just wanted to share with you and let you know about my prayer for Logan so she sent me a picture of her refrigerator and on the refrigerator is this thing and it says praying for Logan and this is the prayer that she wrote out. And that was awesome. That was encouraging. That was powerful. But not till I looked in the upper left-hand corner. December 6, 2021. The day that Logan's surgery failed. 
We walk out of the hospital. We go to the hotel that's across the street. And then that hotel is where our family gathered because we couldn't be in the hospital because of COVID. And I walked in there as a zombie. I mean, literally just, just the, the, the wall didn't fall. Actually, I just realized how strong the wall was. And I was so, so defeated. So, so defeated. Oh, I can't tell you. The staff is around us. My family's around us. We're all there. And they're just weeping and crying. And I mean, it was hard. Oh, it was so hard. And I remember in that moment, I told them. And I mean, I, I just, it just came to my mind. And I said, God's not done. I didn't say that out of like super confidence. I said that just out of like just God putting it on my heart. I just said, God's not done. And at that same moment, God was working Deb's heart to write that at the same time. And in the middle of you walking, God is working in ways and people and situations that you can see. Deb, will you wave at everybody in here this morning? This is, this is my friend, Deb. And they came to be with church in this morning. So you just never know. You just never know. But I tell you, on that third day of walking around the wall, I wasn't like, thank you, God, for stirring Deb's heart and working in her heart. I'm just like, you're not doing anything. It's just bigger and stronger than what I ever thought. It's just winning. And God was just saying, no, I'm just not done. I'm not done yet. And the Bible says at the end of that passage, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country. There was an echo of that victory. Serve an awesome God. Serve an awesome God. Serving us, it's echoed, but it would have never echoed. Listen to me, it would have never echoed if on the sixth day they just said, "Forget it, forget it." Walls don't just fall, and I don't feel like God's doing anything. They would have missed doubt on the power of what God was doing, of God not just dropping walls but working in hearts. So here's my challenge to you. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You shall reap if you faint not. Don't quit.